The scripture reading for this morning is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been risen from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiful. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has come and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Kind of appropriate that today is April Fool's Day because there are many in the world who believe that this is exactly what you're doing this morning. You have been fooled. There is no Christ. There is no resurrection. There is no afterlife. In fact, there is no God. So you're foolish. And assembling here this morning. But if a day makes a difference, and every day does make a difference, but if a day makes a difference, then we are not the fools of those who so desire to reject God and his word are the fools. And the choice is always given to us to choose. If we will believe that today is a day that the Lord has made, and we are to rejoice and be glad in it. Or the day is just a foolish day or a foolish use of our time today. The majority says you're fools. But God says otherwise. We read in Genesis the creation of the world. And at the conclusion of each day. God had made that day. And as you conclude chapter 1 of Genesis and verse 31, when God saw all, everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. The days. We sang in the song, one day. The different days that make a difference in life. But definitely a key in all of that is the one called the resurrection. Resurrection. 
Every once in a while I hear somebody say that if Christianity isn't real and I've lived my life for Christ, and at the end of my life there is no resurrection, I haven't lost anything. But for the one who denies there is a resurrection and there comes the end of his life and there is and he's lost everything. Paul says contrary. If there is no resurrection, we are all been most pitiful that we would give a life to the service of something that does not exist. And that's what he's trying to bring out here in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Trying to remind us of that which we do have in Christ Jesus. As we read the verses, if you counted them or noticed them along the way, along the way Paul uses that little word, if, seven times in the reading. He's showing the necessity and the validity of the resurrection in in an effort to show us how much actually depends on that bodily resurrection of Jesus on that third day following his crucifixion. If there is no resurrection then our preaching is without purpose. If there is no resurrection, our being here is foolish. And again, the world will tell you that. The world, if you listen to the news, and it's hard to listen for any length of time to the news, But if you listen to the news and the things that are going on, the protests that are taking place of how loosely people will use the word God and use the word love, but will deny any allegiance To the word of God. See no responsibility. God made us this way. This is the way we are. God is love and this is all there is to it. And any type of love is acceptable to him. But if there is no resurrection it makes no difference. But there is a resurrection along the way to see what he's done for us if there is no resurrection our faith is without any forgiveness that the fact that he was crucified that the fact that he was buried human history for those who will accept it Human history will acknowledge that. That in that period of time there was a man named Jesus and that he was put to death on a cross. But if there is no resurrection, 
that is a dead faith. There is no forgiveness. It is his resurrection that shows us again the essence of who he is. It is a resurrection that shows us that we have deliverance from our sins because he was raised from the dead. The fact that he ascended back to the Father and sits at the right hand of the throne of God to make intercession on our behalf. The fact that his blood is what washes away our sins as we confess them and repent of those are buried in that watery grave of baptism to be raised to walk in that newness of life. One day, one day makes a difference. In each of our lives, there are days that we've set apart for one reason or another. Days that mean something to us. But this is that one day that affects every human being on the face of this earth. That resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Without it, our service has no significance to it, no purpose. Why would you serve one who has not been raised? Why would you believe it would be necessary? He said he was going to rise again the third day. If he didn't rise again that third day, why would you even want to follow him? For anything that he has to say. There are those who want to say that Jesus was a good man. He has some good teachings to give you. Read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But how could he be a good man and give good moral teachings? If he lied about who he was, if he lied about what he was going to do, if he lied that there'd be any purpose for what he had done, neither he is who he said he is or he's the liar. But a book had been written or he's either a liar or a lunatic or he is who he says he is. But again, the world, from the Garden of Eden down through the present time and until as long as the world or God allows the world to stand, will still argue, debate, and deny who God is, who his Son is, who the Spirit of God is, what type of book this is and does it have any purpose for this life but more than that does it have any purpose for eternity the concept is hard and many have chosen to blot it out I think it was a country song years ago had the phrase in it I know there's no heaven and I pray there's no hell I want to firmly deny heaven well that concept of hell 
Where did it come from? So if I deny the whole thing, I don't have to respond to it. The blind lead the blind and both will fall into the ditch. It's a sad commentary that we have of those who will not accept what they can see, will not have the belief, the trust that God again is who he said he is. Paul in Romans 1 and verse 20 tells you that creation tells you that there is a God and that man is without excuse. It's always interesting to hear one try to describe the creation of the human body without there being a designer behind it. That everything you have and everything you do, everything that you, you think is just random thoughts. There's no order, no purpose, no, no purpose at all behind it. Does that even begin to make any logical sense? That's simply like saying, you know, one, of the, one day this lot here just sort of cleared itself off and without much trouble at all or without any effort at all, this building appeared. And it has no rhyme, it has no purpose, it's just here. Do not have to believe there's anybody who designed it. You don't have to believe there's anyone who made it. Does that make sense? I was going to use the road system, but I don't think anybody designed those. Uh, they just kind of laid them out there, and I don't know what, to, what they're doing with them. But, if, you know, it's just we are the ones who are made to appear to, appear to be the foolish ones because we believe in a one day there was a resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And that we choose to believe that one day at the end of this world, at the end of our life, he will take those who have believed in him to an eternal home. And those who have spent their life denying him those who have spent their life cursing him. Those who have spent their life in rejection of an offer of eternal home and forgiveness of sins will suffer consequences as well. And Paul, uh, Paul describes it in 2 Thessalonians 1, about 5 through 8. That is right for God to punish those unrighteous ones. And that these will pay a penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of our Lord and from the glory of his mind. They will pay a penalty. You see, we live in a land that pretty well allows us to skate through without any real consequences for what we have done. I believe it's Fort Worth that have a day of pardon for traffic fines. And they made it permanent, not just a day. It's permanent. Time you get a traffic fine, if you come in, you can talk your way down to what you have to pay. How many... Every once in a while you'll see a count or a report given on how many have not paid the toll tags or the toll fees that 
they raked up. I'm going to travel the toll roads and never pay the, the toll. They got lists of them. Some of them owe $50,000 or more in toll tags or toll fees, and they don't pay them. They just keep driving the cars, keep ringing them up. They say, what are you going to do? What can they do? So we believe, see, in a lot of it in, in our judicial system that you can skate. And we want to apply that to God. God does not allow us to skate. He sent his son before the foundation of the world was laid. He, sent, he planned to send his son to pay the penalty for our sins. And the only way that we can benefit from that is to allow the, his blood to be applied to our life. Wages of sin is death. And the only way that that can be paid is either we pay it to God when he's a righteous judge in eternity, or we pay it through the blood of Christ for our forgiveness, to have him washed away, for us to have hope of a new life. Notice verse 20 of the reading this morning. But now, but now, been talking about if the resurrection didn't take place, what's going to happen? But now, Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He's the first fruit of those who will live eternally. But now, if there is no resurrection, we're miserable. We're hopeless. No purpose. But now Christ is risen from the dead. That one day makes a difference. If we will but recognize it within our life. From the grave he arose. The song says, and with a mighty triumph over his foes. He rose a victor over the dark domain. And he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah. Christ arose. Because he arose, he's the first. And others can arise from their sins. You can have that hope of eternal life again. The assurance that is given to us is tremendous. Been said many times there are none so blind as those who will not see, those who will not accept. What is there? Sad part at times is the fact that many of those who claim to believe in God and claim to believe in Christ and claim to believe in a resurrection and claim to believe in the church, claim to believe in salvation, 
believe it's their, do- their job and their duty not to proclaim it, but to entertain the people. Drove around a little bit yesterday, and it's amazing to me how many things are going on at various places of worship for the entertainment of people. Talking with an individual, asking me, since they know who, what I do for the living, what I do as a, as a person, wanted to know if we were planning to do anything special on Saturday night. And he said in the group that he worshiped with, he said, for years they never did. He said, but now they're starting to do things. He said, what is this? Let's make the appeal to the emotions or the visible eye of of the individuals and let's draw them in in another way. Many have forgotten Romans 1.16. But Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. It is the power that gives hope. Peter would describe the fact that the Lord has not come back to reclaim his people to be salvation. It's interesting, is it not? There are those who want to say everything has continued as it has from the beginning. But even in that statement, everything is the same as it has been from the beginning. Where did the beginning come from? Everything is still the same. And Peter says they've forgotten about the flood. And there's not a civilization in any time frame that does not have their account of a universal flood. It's interesting. Peter goes on to say, we need to regard his not coming to be salvation. Rather than saying God has not kept his word, God has regarded or given us time in which to obtain salvation. The question will always be, what will we do with that invitation that he has given to us within our life. Who at the door is standing, patiently drawing near? Interest within demanding, whose is the voice I hear? But who at that door is standing? Jesus has always been classified as that perfect gentleman. He never goes in where he has not been invited in. And he never remains in 
where he's not invited to stay. One can keep him out, and one can ask him to leave. It's an individual choice. It's one that we are encouraged at all times in our life to think very carefully about for the eternal consequences that follow. The one day of the resurrection makes all the difference in the world. What difference in your life has that day made? Maybe a need in your life to change your life, come back to God, renew that life in Christ Jesus, maybe to become a child of His. If you have a need for what Christ has done through His death, burial, and resurrection, we could assist you if we could help you in any way. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.